Welcome to Credit Union Conversations Podcast with your host, Mark Ritter, a forward-thinking CEO who excels in helping credit unions, small businesses, and real estate investors succeed. Join Mark as he explores current trends, interviews industry experts, and get fresh insights on optimizing your operations and delivering the best possible services to credit union members. Hi, everyone. This is Mark Ritter, your host of Credit Union Conversations and CEO of MBFS, a business lending QSO uh, headquartered outside of Philadelphia as I talk to you from my remote office in the mountains of north central Pennsylvania. And a few months ago, I moved up here full time. And the house that we bought was a 90-year-old house that when we bought it from an elderly couple that lived in this house for 50 years. And the house looks like they lived in it for 50 years and didn't do a whole lot to it since the time they moved in. So, you know, we're doing renovations and this house has, we love our new life, but it has become a money pit. Even after we moved in, every time we want to do something simple, it seems like a big, big job. And it's also big expenses that we did not plan for. Which leads me to my guest today, Andy Turner from Lone Star Technologies. Andy, how you doing? I'm doing great, Mark. Thanks for having me on. So yeah, I'm really excited to talk about opportunities for credit unions in your space and how you help people. And uh, as you are hearing my stories of, uh, you know, I, I think credit union members uh, get into a lot of there's life happens and there's unexpected uh, expenses. And the interesting things is they are a lot, lot more expensive than they were just a couple years ago. So I'm interested to talk a little bit about that and what you're seeing out there and how credit unions can diversify and, and, and help people where they are. But first of all, you know, tell people a little bit about yourself and your background. Sure thing. So my, my background, I'm, I'm originally from Philadelphia, which I know you uh, recently vacated our lovely environs here. But uh, what we have in common is both being Penn State graduates. So we can, we can talk a little bit more about that. But um, career-wise, I, I worked at uh, companies that uh, most credit unions would know, uh, Medavante and then FIS. Um, I ran mortgage and consumer lending uh, across the two companies, uh, which led us to really kind of stumble into what Lone Star does. And I'm uh, happy to give a little bit more background about that. Yeah, go okay. right ahead. Yeah, so, so what we do at Lone Star was kind of uniquely, I don't know, sussed out in the time that I spent at FIS. What we operated at FIS in my group was a series of loan origination platforms. Uh, similarly to Core, everybody needs one, right? So what I do over and over is talk to C-level credit union execs and say, hey, we've got one, it's better than the competition, and here's why. And they'd say, yeah, that's great, I've already got one. So I started to get a little bit smarter about it. And instead of just comparing apples to apples, I asked, well, since we're FIS and we've got at the time 80,000 employees, what, what could we help you with? And from probably about 2010 on, the questions centered around marketplace lending, disintermediation, fintechs that were lending, or specifically a brand like a lending club, a Prosper, an OnDeck, 
And, and the questions were, well, what should we think about these guys? Uh, you know, we're thinking about maybe partnering. We're not sure if we want to go that direction, but their, their ability to acquire new members is pretty unique. So what I started to do, with, first of all, was give myself a better education on the space and really understand what the marketplace lenders were doing that was unique uh, as opposed to the traditional retail or digital presence of a credit union. And what we quickly found was most of the success was in not only marketing to the consumer differently, but also starting to establish relationships with that consumer when they wanted to make a purchase, typically. So Mark, as you mentioned, you know, home improvements was a vertical that was very interesting to us because a contractor is usually not a, a cheap endeavor, as you're finding out. No, not at ability, all. Having an ability to connect that to uh, credit union products as opposed to what I would say are, are card products or non-banking entities uh, that would have much higher interest rates was pretty unique in, in our opinion. Uh, we pretty quickly found that there was no solution that did exactly that. So um, left FIS to start Lone Star Technologies in 2015. And what we created at Lone Star is really, um, I would call it a, a, an extension of traditional retail or digital presence or, or geography from a, from a credit union. And by digital geography, I mean somebody comes outbound to the credit union, lands on the credit union page, says, you know what, I'm trying to get a loan, click, click, click. What we, what we set out to do at Lone Star was kind of flip that on its head and say, you know what credit unions are really good at? They're really good at underwriting, they're really good at servicing, and they're really good at service in general to the customer. The other thing that they have that nobody else has is a unique cost of funds structure and want to offer products to consumers that are really transparent and in the best interest of the consumer. In the home improvement space particularly, that was pretty unique. Um, so we started to partner with credit unions, extending their legacy banking technology so that a contractor or a dentist or someone else that might have a more expensive purchase outside of traditional vehicle, which again, credit unions were very good at, offered a transparent product and something everybody could understand. And the Lone Star Technologies software, in addition to working with the bank technology firms and the credit unions, also helps to aggregate, let's call them merchants on the front end, so that a, somebody who is not a finance professional could help to basically triangulate to a compliant deal uh, with a reasonable interest rate. So that's a kind of generic description, probably more centered on home improvement of what we do. Yep. Today, we're up to 70 credit unions on the platform. Uh, we'll do a couple billion dollars in loans. And uh, what I would tell you is it's we've gotten feedback from contractors that I think we anticipated a little bit, but not as much on wow, you guys have the best rates in town. The service from the credit unions is spectacular. Um, things like that, that uh, being in the credit union space for a while, you would, you would expect. But the contractors were really taken aback because it was very different than their experience with others uh, that were already in the space traditionally. So let's put a pin in that because you mentioned something very important, and that's our common uh, Penn Statehood. And uh, me and you both celebrated Rose Bowls uh, back in 1994. So, and we're, 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 we're on track this year. As we tape this, it's the week of Ohio State. So, this is going to go on record. Give me your prediction 
and tell tell me what uh, how Penn State Ohio State is going to go and uh, how the season's going to end up. All right. Well, I'm actually uh, I'm usually very pessimistic going into big road games like this, and I would tell rightfully you, so, and rightfully so. <laughs> yeah, based on history, and we've we've all been there, done that, right? Um, this year feels a little different to me, and and what's different is the athletes that we have on both sides of the ball. I think are equal, if not better, to Ohio State's. Uh, I think our quarterback is better. I think our ability to not turn the ball over is better than it's been in recent years. Uh, and I think I, I think I like our Nittany Lions to go into Columbus and uh, 17 to 13 is what I have the final score at. I think it's going to yeah, be a, I, an old school slugfest. I, I'm even I, I'm agreeing with you, and I think this year's defense is going to be labeled historic, much like 1994's offense was labeled historic. And I think this weekend is going to be a really slog of a game. I wouldn't be surprised if it's under around 22, 25 points scored in total. Uh, Real big defensive struggle. And I, I, I think this defense, as it gets together, will we'll fare very well with Michigan, and this could be the year we sneak into the college football playoffs just based off of this. You know, the offense is good, but the defense is, uh, is I think, is going to be labeled historic when it's all said and done. So let's, let's hope totally and uh, agree. cheer for the best this weekend. And, uh, you know, for those of you who didn't like that conversation, you probably root for Pitt. So, you know. So, or Ohio State. You never know. Or Ohio State. So... So you got your first exposure into the credit union industry from outside of, of a retail credit union, kind of in the software supports, you know, different, you know, as you said, FIS and some different companies. You know, looking back, what, what are you just amazed at or, or, or where is the industry at that you would have said, I would have never guessed that 20 years uh, ago? I yeah, I, w I would say the thing that always amazes me about the credit union movement is the collaboration. Um, having worked with both banks and credit unions, and I would say this is not necessarily a knock on banks. I just think uh, when you work with credit unions, what you can expect is that they work very well together, uh, almost as a cooperative, where you know bank his banks historically have their own secrets, and it's and it's hard to get a, a pool of them to row in the same direction. I would say what, what I was surprised about was that as innovative as a lot of credit unions are, they're happy to share where they're innovating with other peer credit unions, which never ceases to amaze me and, and is one of the reasons that we're so encouraged uh, with the growth of our businesses. Every credit union we add to the platform is accretive to the others. So it's it's one that it's it's kind of a, I don't know, a big happy family all trying to figure out how to cut up the pie in a fair way. Yeah, I, I've always kind of said, you know, here at MBFS and much like your group of credit unions, we're a club. Uh, we're all working together, but, it, you know, the, the boat rises with everybody. And, uh, you know, it, it, community banks, are, they're not making more of them. Uh, or if they do, they don't stick around very long and there's less of them every year. And why the commercial banks, particularly in the community bank space, 
don't try to cut overhead and work collaboratively is beyond me, like the credit union space. Uh, because I think I think they miss out, but there's such you know everybody holds their card so close to the vest. Where in the credit union space, we realize collaboration lowers our costs, gives us access to better technology, and really helps everybody out in the end. So yeah, I, th- I think we're you know I I have I'm I'm 100 owned by credit unions. I know you have credit some credit union investments, and it's just good for everybody. Yeah, I would agree with that. I, I think some of the reasons that the community bankers, uh, as you mentioned, play the cards a little closer to the vest is many of the executives in those community banks rolled out of the, the regionals or super regionals where, you know, secrecy is at a premium across those guys for, for whatever reason. And it just kind of is dyed in the wool of uh, how, how most of the execs operate. So... Talking a little bit more about the, your loan offering, uh, you know, one of the challenges I think of credit unions is to have as many buckets as possible keep going. And you know, some people are heavy into auto loans. Some are heavy into the mortgages, home equities, credit cards, commercial loans in my case. But your area seems to hit buckets that when, when somebody comes into your space, it's additive to the credit union. What are the conversations that you have like when you're talking with somebody new about a new line of business that isn't taking away from one of their existing lines? So where, where we usually start, uh, interestingly, and we, we've learned this over the seven years we've been in business, is we kind of flip it around and we say, in a perfect world, what would your portfolio look like? And often we get kind of a, a quizzical look because they think we're bringing to the table a bunch of loan sources and you know want to promote those. We have diversified so much, even within the loan star, let's call them loan sources, um, that we can identify different opportunities just based on what kind of book the credit union would like to build. Or ultimately, if, if they're in more of a uh, gain on sale type of mode where they want to securitize or participate these loans, that may look fundamentally different than what we'd create if they want a portfolio. So when we have those conversations, typically the C-suite will say, you know, in a perfect world, I'm going to maintain my mortgage, auto, commercial, at whatever levels they are with a small, you know, insert uh, growth chunk uh, for the next year. However, I'm really interested in more loans that right in the current market are shorter term. So, you know, where in 2020, everybody wanted to talk about swimming pools and super large home improvements that would really replace some mortgage flow as rates started to rise. So it's interesting that, that we've kind of flipped around the conversation, so to speak, on the end result is what determines how we launch the product together. So it's truly a partnership coming in. And what we've done is we've hired a series of execs that come from the credit union movement and understand uh, the positioning of the products almost internally to the credit union so that we understand when we're able to create new loan asset classes within the credit union, we're going to try and, as you mentioned, be accretive to what they're already doing and, and help with diversification overall. 
So you have many, many partners, and I am sure some have been more successful than others. You have shining stars, and you maybe look at some and uh, say, mm, this one didn't quite take as, off as well as we thought. Those successful relationships and people who get into the merchant lending business, what do you think sets them apart where it makes their program more successful than, than some of their peers? I, I would say the best partners we have from the credit union side are, are those that come in understanding that whatever they've tried in merchant lending before didn't work for a reason and that we've kind of figured out how to eliminate the, the friction uh, that they may have run into before. Because I, what I would tell you is that most credit unions have tried whether you call it merchant lending or lifestyle lending or whatever the, the moniker is attached to what we do. So what's your current term of the day when you talk to somebody? Um, we actually go in and, and we, we start off by saying, we're gonna bring you into asset classes that you don't work with today. And that's kind okay. of our go in position. Because I, I don't know if you know this, we, we even do power sports and boats and RVs okay. and mobility vehicles. What we've shied away from is we'll never do auto unless it's some sort of niche auto product and we'll never do mortgages. So what we try and do is create a portfolio that gives us some levers in the credit union, some levers to say, you know what, we did a million a month in dental last year. We'd like to shift some of that to home improvement or we'd like to shift it to, I don't know, um, equipment or golf carts or whatever it is that seems like the right fit. And the more, the smarter that Lone Star gets in aggregate across our credit unions, the smarter the decision process will be for our next credit union is the way to think about it. And that's a, kind of a, a nod back to the collaboration. It's been uh, a huge benefit to our organization having credit unions kind of pull up a chair at the table and be willing to talk to other credit unions about what they're seeing and, and things like that that uh, help us to drive factual decisions as opposed to anecdotal. Yeah, I was at a credit union that uh, that attempted merchant lending, and, and it really wasn't successful. And when I look back, one of the reasons that I see is when you work with it together and you're making guesses about the marketplace and where you want to be and where you don't want to be, you have, you have very little room for error. But when you work with a company such as yours and you have collective knowledge it's much you you have a much more higher chance of success because you you you're seeing what works and what doesn't out in the marketplace as opposed to just guessing based off of what you think so so yeah i, I really see that collaboration as key into your area because you know you're not going to put an ad in the paper and find somebody who's an expert in uh, financing boats for the most part. So you have to bring in that expertise as much as the systems and mechanics. And, and, and sometimes lending people think they're experts in everything when that, that's really difficult. And I just see your you're, you're offering as diversifying, but not just systems, but expertise. What do you think about that? I think that's fair. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think 
when we think about it, there's kind of three legs to the stool to use a overused term. But the, the three legs are, number one, it's the technology, the integration to their current banking systems so that underwriters can underwrite in the same exact system and fund in the same system and service it in the core. That's a, that's a really important piece of what we do, clearly. Number two is the advisory capacity that you just mentioned and collaboration between our lenders and our ability to take a data point that um, we may have had a thesis on and prove it out and then be able to come back and iterate on that with our credit union partners is, is a huge value add across the board. And then the third would be that we've got professional salespeople that know how to sell lawnmower dealers, equipment dealers, home improvement finance folks, that is not a skill set that you're going to find in most credit unions. And I'd say of those three things, that's probably where a lot of credit unions have failed, is because they understand indirect auto or brokered mortgages or what, what have you, where there's a third party involved, those are purely, um, you drop off a rate sheet and a box of donuts kind of thing, where we're a lot more consultative in our technology and our approach in selling the merchant so that they can adopt finance as something that helps their business get further faster. So it's not necessarily a rate sheet comparison. It's probably should be seen more as advising the merchant in the process as much as we're advising the lender and then being the cheese in the sandwich between the two and, and continuing to iterate on that over time. Yeah, I, I think I do think a lot of people under, you know, the nuts and bolts and mechanics always have to be there. But the expertise and execution is priceless. And, and I think sometimes that is underestimated in our world because they're good in other areas and they think everything just transfers on a one-to-one -one basis where, where it really doesn't at times for these are, these are niche opportunities for where, uh, where you, that you can build on. Yeah, I totally agree. And, and, and I'll give you a good example is um, we've even had some lenders come in and say, you know what, given the current market, we see, feel like we're a little overweight in you know, X, Y, or Z. What could you do in a product now that we're engaged already and you're doing a little bit of business here? Can you get me anything in a product that looks like this? And right now, as you'd expect, it's, it's a little bit higher coupon, a little bit shorter terms. And we've got a bunch of relationships on the shelf that we're using either nationally or regionally that then we can divert some flow to these lenders that you know, as we continue to scale, Lone Star is only going to expand those opportunities. So as, as I was looking at the different areas that you lend in and some of the, the industries, one thing jumped out of me that I was really interested and uh, that, that you just have to indulge me for a second is what your business looked like from 2019 to 2020 and 2021. And, and in the home improvement space, you know, the, the home improvement industry exploded during the pandemic. Everybody, it seemed like, was buying a swimming pool during the pandemic. And, but people weren't go, going around knocking on doors, shopping their lending and going into branches. What did the pandemic era look like for you and interacting with some of these segments that really were, were having their glory days. Well, I, I would tell you two things happened that, that we didn't see coming outside of the pandemic itself. Uh, number one was the pandemic caused digital adoption 
specifically around loan products uh, to accelerate, I would say, five years in about six months. So anybody that we already had on the platform just kind of went great guns at that point because they already had the ability with the technology to, let's say, re-intermediate the credit union through a, a non-traditional digital channel. They looked very smart being at the right place at the right time and having it already set up. They did. And, and what we were able to do was harness that demand um, to the point that it, it kind of the product flew off the shelf for us. So that was that, that's what I would say the first thing that happened. Uh, the other thing that happened that was a little unique is it caused a lot of the credit union execs to look at their lending strategy with the fintech paper that they were buying. And the reason I say that is when they were buying paper from any number of fintechs that creates a whole loan asset that then you're just buying based on somebody else's underwriting box, so on and so forth, there was no engagement with that new member traditionally. That, that was a hard cross-sell. What we found through the digital adoption, when we were able to present the brand of the credit union throughout the transaction, is that cross sales were about 5x over what they would be on that fintech paper, which was something we didn't anticipate. Just putting the credit union brand there as you were making this kind of mega purchase for most, put them top of mind going forward, and in some cases, even top of wallet, if it was a credit card that we were producing uh, for, for some smaller purchases. So it's, it's been those two things kind of all hit at the same time for us. And we went from the beginning of 2020, I think we had a dozen employees. Uh, we sit today at 40 and we'll probably have 80 by this time next year. Wow. Yeah, we, uh, you know, our, our business, uh, you know, we, we doubled in employee headcount. Uh, now for us, it's a little bit flatter times these days. But uh, yeah, it's it is quite a, quite a story to be told, um, and, and of course I have to give the plug in, which is you know doing so well, which is why uh, you guys uh, won the 2021 QSO of the year at the NICUSO conference. So congratulations on that. That was a, a quite an achievement. Thank you. Yeah, that was that that was um, like I said, everything accelerated for us. We, we thought if we stuck to our knitting and maintained the credit union relationships to partner, that eventually we would be able to build it to scale. And as I mentioned, the pandemic was just kind of a slingshot uh, for exactly the way that we went to market. So it was, I, th I think that reward was really on the heels predominantly of, of I don't know, pandemic induced um, growth for us. Yeah, but, but it's really been such a, I just think you're helping credit unions be where the members are and where their financing needs are, where we used to see that, you know, everybody just assumed Wells Fargo was going to finance their, you know, elective surgery at the dentist or something that, you know, they dominated the market for years. And now the local credit unions who they already have the membership with, or they're in their marketplace they're getting that business and it's good. It's just a win-win, like you said. Yeah, that's, that's a lot of the replacements have been on those kind of traditional card products or uh, there were a number of finance companies in the space too that I would say, and I use this term very lightly in this case, but I would say the products were a little more predatory in nature than what credit unions would sign up for. Um, oh, absolutely. Which, which again, really helped our thesis, which was if we can get the credit union products to the consumer 
when they want and and are about to make a transaction, it's going to win most of the time. And and that's the thesis that we've proven out. So putting on, uh, getting out your crystal ball for a minute, not talking football, but talking some credit union space. What, what do you see as maybe some of the opportunities that, that you could be looking at, but also maybe your credit unions uh, should be considering that, that they're not looking at uh, that that's going to evolve over the next few years? So I would say that the two biggest things we've kind of got our eye on right now is identifying employees from SEGS and mapping them to a, the, their appropriate credit union at scale. And I know, you know everybody thinks of that when they, they go to market. I think what's unique about our business is we've got enough scale within our credit union base that we could sign up, um, I don't know, let's say Jacuzzi. And we sign Jacuzzi and say, okay, we've got this conglomerate of credit unions behind us. As you start to enter your application, if you were to put in Lone Star Technologies and we were mapped to an individual credit union, we would automatically route that loan to that credit union. And what it does is it creates that affinity with the member, the new member in this case, but it also allows the credit union to price to risk on that individual's employment and maybe even role with the employer. So it, it becomes kind of a unique pricing strategy in understanding how those members perform as you onboard them. So that, that I would say is probably the number one opportunity in 2024 that we see is being a little bit more prescriptive now that we've scaled and allowing those select employee groups to map directly to the credit union that in some cases they may not have even known they would qualify for. So it's a that's a that's a nice lift. The other thing that if I were a credit union in the current liquidity situation, I would be looking, you know, credit unions can't turn off lending because there's runoff, right? So even though their loan to share is high, it's all about diversifying into the right balance sheet and or participating out some stuff that you might not want on the balance sheet. What we do is, is we help them to think about strategies based on their existing book on like opening other asset classes that they might not have considered that they might not have had access to without a technology and, and relationship engine like ours. Um, and that would go as far as to, to, to plug MBFS as something that would come into play there. It's you know, you could look at home improvement, you could look at elective medical, you could look at power sports, you could look at small business lending, uh, or even micro lending if you went that far into small businesses. But I think those things now are have never been needed more in the market. And a lot of credit unions just don't know what exists out there. You know, whoever the, the best advertiser is at, uh, at the NAFQ lending or CUNA lending show gets some eyeballs. But what we're hopeful for is to get in with the C-suite to help them navigate that. And, and some of the assets we have might not be the right fit, and that's okay. But we can point them to partner organizations as well that ultimately help them in diversification. Yeah, I, I've always said, you know, the, the credit unions have this bucket of lending capacity and just maximizing that bucket with a diverse organization because there's always going to be hot industries and there's always going to be down a little bit. And if you try to time that, it's like trying to, you know, time to buy all your stock market purchases, you end up losing. We're just keeping that nice diversified, steady bucket and base of loans and assets really is the winning formula. 
I totally agree. And, and what we offer when you plug Lone Star into the, the ecosystem, and we've got relationships now with uh, 14 different loan origination platforms. So we, we cover about 90% of the credit union space. So plugging us in enables that diversification to be available almost on a moment's notice. So we, we like to get in and help to plan a little bit more than that. But to your point, Mark, just opening up a relationship with Lone Star starts to enable um, opportunities that you might not have had otherwise. So, well, Andy, let's let's wrap up here and uh, tell people if they want to connect with Lone Star Technologies, uh, uh, where how to do that and uh, any parting words that you have. Well, first of all, thanks again for having me, Mark. It, it's uh, it's always a pleasure talking to you, and uh, I appreciate the the platform here to be able to talk about Lone Star. Um, we can be reached. You can uh, look at our website at www.lonestartechnologies.com, or I can be reached personally at andrew.turner at lonestartech.com. So if anybody would like more information, feel free to reach out to me directly, and I'll, I'll get you with the right uh, executive on our team that can take the next steps. Well, thank you so much for joining us. I always enjoyed our conversations talking about football and talking about the credit union space. And next time I'm in Philadelphia, I need to stop by the office again. So thank you to all the listeners. Thank you for everybody. Please subscribe to us on your favorite audio platform. Uh, And we drop every two weeks, typically on a Tuesday. So thank you for listening and have a great day. Thank you for listening to the Credit Union Conversations podcast. Have a question? Visit markritter.com for more information.